0: Welcome to Monday Matters with Holly Cochran. Holly is a wife, mom, coach, and entrepreneur. She wears these and many more hats while running three successful businesses a gym, online nutrition program, and commercial cleaning company. She brings a unique perspective to everyday life with her spicy, no nonsense attitude. Holly helps her clients keep it simple with small tweaks that over time add up to big life changes. With that, let's get on with today's episode. Here's my friend, Holly Cochran, an incredible human you need to be listening to every Monday. Well, hello there family, friends and strangers. It is the Monday Matters podcast and I am Holly Cochran and I'm excited for today's episode. I think it's going to be another short and sweet one, Uh, but I'm hoping that everybody is feeling ready to talk about how to pack a school lunch without the packages. I think we're starting to gear up for back to school. I am really ready for my kids to go back to school. I say that every August I really really enjoy July and we always just sort of simmer down a little bit in July as far as work goes and enjoy the boat and we have friends over and I try to work a little bit less. I preload everything that I possibly can into my world as far as workouts and and foodie Fridays and social media posts. I try to do all of that in May and June so that I'm not doing very much of it in July and then August hits and (laughs) I don't have as much organized and the weather's kind of up and down and the friends have all gone and the kids are wanting me to drive them to the city or to their friends and I'm just ready for them to go back to school pretty soon. So if you are also thinking that, uh, there's another week or two that we're gonna get through in August, and then everybody's going to get a nice routine again. I hear you, I feel you, and um, cheers to another school year. Today's topic, um, how to pack a school lunch without a lot of packages. It's near and dear to my heart, but I need to be super honest and upfront before I get started. And don't hate me for saying what I'm going to be saying next, but I haven't actually packed very many school lunches in my life for my kids. I've packed my own school lunches, but I've very rarely packed a school lunch for either of my kids. And I've never once packed my husband's lunch. The thought that somebody does that was weird and new to me. I can't, I thought my mom packed my dad's lunch because he didn't have arms. I didn't know there was like, able-bodied men that didn't pack their lunch. That was like brand new information to me. So anyway, I don't really love doing it. And, but I do, I do do it. I truly value the, uh, homemade cheaper version of food. I took the kids to gymnastics and swimming lessons and did all of those things. And we always packed our snacks only on Fridays. Did we have French or French fry Friday at McDonald's? Other than that, there was no buying anything in the city for takeout. So I have packed food. I've packed lunches and packed snacks, but very few times has it been a school lunch. So I made Corey sit with me for a few minutes and tell me about the process that he went through. And I was definitely a part of the preparing of the food that went into the school lunches. That was more me than anybody else. There was food for these kids to pick to put into their school lunch. It was just the physical act of packing up the lunch that happened when I went to work at night. I have a janitorial company and I would, everyone would get home and get settled after teaching all day. Corey would get home, kids would be done their skating or whatever activity they were in. And then I'd go cleaning. And when I was out cleaning, that's when the school lunches got packed and it was 100% Corey's deal. But the food was often here and ready. I was also the one who bought a lot of the containers that made it easier to transport the homemade food. So I thought today for this episode, I just talked to you a little bit about the containers that we own. So that if you are a new mom, and you are starting the school lunch thing, And you're not quite sure how kids take all of the things that they're taking, let me tell you what we did. It might not be the best way, it's just our way, and I'm gonna share it in case some of these things help. So, the first thing I need to tell you is that you gotta practice opening the container before you send the kid to school. And this I've learned by (laughs) trial and error and experience. Every day I was opening up the school lunch. Um, kit after they, Kenzie would get home. She was the only one in school at the time. And she wasn't eating. I can't remember what it was that was in these little containers. Maybe it was, she wouldn't have been gluten-free in kindergarten. So maybe it was like the goldfish or something. I don't know, whatever. She wasn't eating it every day. And I said, how come you're not eating this at school every day? You don't like this? Like, should we stop sending it. Why are you picking this? Because she had to pick the things that were going in her lunch. So I didn't know why she was picking it if she couldn't eat it. And this little face looks at me. She's like, because I can't open that container. And I'm like, what? (laughs) Oh my goodness, kid. How many days are you going to go without eating your lunch? Because you can't open the containers before you say, I can't open this container. Stop putting the food in it. Because I think I think it was the goldfish. I can't remember, but obviously she would put goldfish in this container and then I think Corey would put the lid on or maybe she was capable of putting the lid on, but she couldn't get the lid off. And the smaller the Tupperware container, like the actual brand name of Tupperware container, the harder they are to sometimes put those lids on, you know those little wee ones that look like mini salt and pepper shakers, those lids are really hard to get on. And then the next size up that you'd put goldfish in also, not super easy to get the lid on and off. Well, here's this little kindergarten kid. Um, thankfully, she was just a little waif of a thing and probably had other things to eat. But okay, let's start over and get you some things that you can open for school lunches. We still have those Tupperware containers and my kids do take them to school now, but like they're 17 years old. I hope they're starting to be able to open up the containers in their lunch. But... My advice to you is to do a little trial and error. Can they get the latch open on the little bento box, if that's what you've bought? When the container is full of yogurt, can they open the lid when it's full of yogurt without spilling it all over the place? These are things you want to practice before they head off to school. So those small containers from Tupperware are awesome and they fit just the right amount of for a snack and if you can get them pliable enough that the kid can get them on and off or if the kid's a little bit stronger than my little Kenzie was in kindergarten it will be fine the other containers that I really like um Again, I am not a Tupperware representative. This is not an ad, but maybe I should be for the amount that's in my cupboards. But I really like the bento Boxy three compartment Tupperware containers. They're square. They have three compartments, one big one, two small ones. Corey takes, well, I think I've talked about Corey's lunch before. Jethro there, he takes uh, about five of them to school in a day. But both of my kids also take them to school. And I'm going to talk a little bit about macronutrients on this podcast as well, but we'll get to that next. But those um, divided up bento box kind of Tupperware containers come in really handy for school lunches. And when your kids get to a certain like age grade slash cool factor... They're not allowed a lunch kit anymore. They have to take their lunch in a Lululemon bag. So you first of all have to be able to afford a $100 pair of Lululemon pants. And then you use that little bag as your lunch kit. That's the only way to be cool from what I understand. I'm not cool. I don't really know. But from what I understand, you need a Lululemon bag in order to take your lunch. And the Tupperware containers fit nicely into those bags. So that's another purchase that we have that everybody fights over for the school lunches. I've also bought these I bought I I don't even know where maybe at Walmart but they have a bottom half to them and in that bottom half my kids take yogurt or chia seed pudding or some kind of um greek yogurt protein powder dip or something like that and then it has like a little insert that goes on top of the pudding and in there they will put either sliced up grapes or my homemade granola that's in the canister. So they make themselves a little combination and then the granola isn't getting soggy all day. It's nice and crunchy on the top and they can just put that into the yogurt um, at lunchtime or at snack time or before they go to dance or whenever they're going to eat that little snack. So that container also helps them take a healthier protein with the yogurt and a homemade no sugar granola with the homemade granola, that is super easy to make. I'm sure it's been a foodie Friday a couple of times. And a batch of granola lasts us two weeks around here. With everybody taking a little bit every day, it's a pretty big batch. So you can make, and it takes 10 minutes in the oven to make it. So it's really easy. So you make your homemade granola and your Greek yogurt. The kids take that often as well. Um, What was the other one I was going to tell you? I've just lost my train of thought. Oh, I know what I was going to tell you. The other thing my kids always had was the uh, thermoses because they would often do leftovers, but neither of them had the patience to wait around in the classroom for their turn with the microwave. I don't even think the kids have microwaves anymore from what I understand, but mine were both needing to get out for recess right away. So no one was willing to wait for a microwave, but sometimes they wanted to have leftovers. Uh, pasta stuff was a big hit for leftovers. Like my kids like to take leftover spaghetti and meat sauce. They like to take rice and meatballs and they would mix it all up into their Tupperware or I'm sorry, into their thermos. So each kid had a thermos. They were different colors and they would, in the morning, that was the only thing they did in the morning. Everything else got handled the night before, except for the warming up of the food. And both kids would put hot water into the thermos. While the hot water was going into the thermos, they put their food into the microwave and get it nice and hot. Then they would take the hot water, empty it out, dry out their thermos, put the hot food into their hot thermos. And according to the reports, that would still be warm enough to be good at lunchtime. So they both used leftovers for their lunch often as well, because neither of them are big sandwich people. One kid's gluten-free, and so thankfully she doesn't eat a lot of sandwiches because that bread's expensive, and the other kid who isn't gluten-free never liked sandwiches. So sandwiches were not really ever a thing in our house, and uh, grilled cheese was the only one that anybody liked, and they usually didn't take that to school. So we didn't have to do a lot of sandwiches. We did a lot more lunchable looking kinds of lunches. So I'm going to just name off a few of the things that our kids took to school in their lunch and how we prepped them so that they were ready for the week. So usually everybody had carrot sticks. Carrot sticks got cut up once and then were in a container in the fridge all week. So at night, they just sort of rinsed out the container that they took to school that day. Cleaned it all out and then reloaded it for the next day. So carrot sticks, grapes, all washed at once. Um, Sliced up peppers. They like the red peppers the best, but orange would be okay too. So sometimes the peppers, well, in the stay fresh containers, they'll last the week. But often they would do those just that night before they would put them in their container for school. So the peppers got cut most days. Um... What was the other vegetables that they took? Grapes and then apples. Both of my kids took apples, and I bought actually where I bought this apple cutter thing was from Booster Juice. I don't know why it was at Booster Juice, but that's I know that's where I bought it. And it you put it on top of the apple, and it's an apple slicer. I don't, you've probably all seen them before, and I don't need to describe it, but it slices the apple into slices and when the kids were shorter they couldn't push down on the apple slicer hard enough so they'd have to pull a chair up to the countertop so that they could get enough leverage to push down hard on the apple slicer it would take the core out cut the apple into they're just the right bite-sized pieces that would go into one of those bento boxes and one of the kids i can't remember which one always wanted it sprinkled with cinnamon so they took apples and cinnamons in their lunch every day um Those were kind of our standard fruits and vegetables depending on what was in season. But rarely did my kids take like a whole apple or a whole banana or a whole orange. Just the easy to peel oranges when they come out at Christmas time. But most of the time they did the work of preparing the food the night before so that it was fast and easy to inhale before they wanted to get out there for recess. And like I said, I wasn't really part of this process. I watched it happen a few times and always just chuckled and was really grateful that it was Corey's thing because he did it so well. He did a better job of teaching these kids about macronutrients and fueling their bodies and feeding themselves from the time they were kindergarten and standing on a chair at our kitchen counter than I could have ever done with them. So I'm really glad that it all worked out the way it did. But From the time my kids were five and going to school, they could identify in their school lunch, what was their protein, what was their carbohydrate, and what was their healthy fat. And they had to make sure they had some of each of those in their lunch. And by the time they were like, well, not that long ago, like in the last couple of years, just before COVID, I guess, they were making up their little bento boxes and in each, they take two bento boxes. But in each bento box, they'd have uh, protein and a carbohydrate and a fat, so that they'd have these balanced little meals in their bento box. And if one of those meals came out at snack time, or if one of those came out at lunchtime, or if one was what they were having after school before they went to their activity, at least they weren't just getting a quick carb, or just a protein, or Just a fat they'd have these little balanced meals in their bento boxes, but that was all Corey. He was sorting all that out for us way back when and I'm pretty sure I've said on this podcast before that it used to just drives my mother crazy when my kids, you know, judge whatever she's making and say grandma. I don't know what the protein is at this meal. And my mom says, it's craft dinner. There is no protein. So they, uh, yeah, were given the, these words and languages really early on in life from Corey packing the school lunches. Uh, some of the other things that my kids often took for protein would have been the sandwich meat without the sandwich. So in the bento box, almost like charcuterie boards, like maybe they were just a little ahead of their time as far as the fancy charcuterie boards, because they took like salami and pepperoni, like turkey pepperoni sticks, that kind of stuff. They often would take pickles, baby bell cheese was another one, um, and they would take Kenzie, for sure, she would take cottage cheese pancakes and she'd eat them cold with peanut butter and honey or in that little bento boxy thing. She, oh no, it wasn't in one of those. It was when she finally could do the Tupperware container. She takes syrup in the Tupperware container and then cut the pancakes into like fingerling strips and she dipped those pancakes into her syrup. I know she was doing that too and get sticky everywhere, but that's okay. She liked it. Miss Robinson. Was the pre-K teacher. And she got my kids eating foods that they didn't always love. Like, Kata never ate cheese until she went to pre-K. She didn't like cheese. But Miss Robinson got her eating cheese. And you know how she got her to eat cheese? She cut it with a crinkle cut knife. Everything in pre-K was fancy. The cucumbers were cut with a crinkle cut knife. And the cheese. And the celery. And the kids thought it was fantastic. So... I bought a crinkle cut knife and we would cut things up in the shape of crinkle and carrots and cucumbers and all the, all the things got cut with this crinkle cut knife and put into the containers in the fridge. And the kids took that as well. So sometimes we just had to change it up and do whatever Miss Robinson was doing, because that was the best uh, thing ever. And they would pack those things into their lunches as well. The other thing that I wished we'd had, which we now have going forward and my kids will be taking this year for school lunches, but Caitlin's Kitchen, the muffins and the energy bites and the chocolate dip, they go to school. So for sure, Kata will take strawberries and Caitlin's Kitchen uh, chocolate dip. I know there's another little boy that we hang out with that takes a tortilla wrap and Caitlin's chocolate dip is spread on the tortilla wrap and wrapped up and sliced into pinwheels and that's a good school lunch for them. So if making all of this food isn't always an option, just buy it and there it is in your, you can get six muffins or get a dozen muffins and everyone gets to have a muffin a day. Buy yourself something that is healthy healthy. That serves the purpose that the kids will be willing to eat and send that in the school lunch. We have already got our subscription in for Caitlin's Kitchen. And I know that there will be enough chocolate muffins for everybody to take for school lunches once we head back. Thank you for my subscription. <laughs> um, I think I've covered most of the things that my kids took. Hard-boiled eggs I put on here. Shredded chicken was another one. If I made shredded chicken in the Instant Pot, Kenzie would definitely take that in her uh, thermos. Before we had Caitlin's kitchen muffins going on around here, we would make um, like blender muffins or dump kind of muffins. So not the hard ones that are harder for the kids to make where you have to like do all the dry ingredients and do all the wet ingredients and then just fold things in so that they don't become rock hard. Those muffins aren't that hard to make. Most people can figure those muffins out as well. But the muffins that my kids really like to make are the ones where you could put everything into our blender and they could pulse it a few times and pour that into the muffin cups. And muffin cups can come in all kinds of fun things as well. Like, you know, SpongeBob and Little Mermaid and all that kind of stuff. I always kept my eye out for... Good muffin cups because if the kids were going to make blender muffins and then they got to pick which muffin cups they were using and if it was Kenzie's batch of muffins and she was going to freeze them she'd make them in a certain kind of muffin cup and then Katie would make her different kind of muffins and they'd go in a different muffin cup and we would freeze those ones. And those muffins were so easy to make and they always ended up with a few chocolate chips on the top of them. But, I mean, at the grand scheme of things, if there wasn't anything else but a few chocolate chips that weren't good for them in a muffin, have a few chocolate chips and get some energy and enjoy the lunch if at least they're willing to eat it. I don't know about you guys, but there were a lot of days when I just knew that my kid had eaten nothing since... They left the house in the morning. Their lunch was coming back pretty much full. Mostly Kenzie cuz she was just too, you know, busy to get going and do other things and wouldn't sit still long enough to eat her lunch. But if that's the case, if the school lunch is coming back pretty full and they're having a meltdown after school, don't worry about it. They're just hungry. <laughs> get them the snack. Get them eating that school lunch when they get off the bus. If it's still all in their lunch kit, they're going to need that energy to carry on for the rest of the evening with any kind of, you know, semblance of a personality. And that often happened around here. Like I'd, everyone coming off the bus or I'd meet them at the skating rink and I'd look in the lunch kit and if there was a lot of food in the lunch kit... It was almost like the flashing red light would be going off that meltdown approaching feed the child and we could probably get away with a quick snack and avoiding the total meltdown. Um, Anyway, my kids, as you've heard before, were forced against their will to learn to be competent in the kitchen at a pretty young age. And one of my favorite compliments that I love is people will often tell me, wow, your kids can sure do stuff in the kitchen. Like if they go to a friend's house and they're able to help and, you know, help make supper or the kids are left to their own devices and my kids will like... Grill chicken and make fancy wraps or something at a friend's house. And the friend's parents are like, wow, your kids do a lot in the kitchen. And even though only one kind of likes it and the other one totally hates it, they at least have the ability to do quite a bit in the kitchen. And it all stems from Corey handling that, having the patience to do it with them the night before. There was no rushing around in the morning. Lunches were... We have two, we have two fridges in our house, the back fridge that most people probably fill with beer. We have beer in our back fridge too, but there was a shelf that was just for the three school lunch kits and everybody made their lunches the night before. Those three lunch kits went onto the shelf in the back fridge and it was a pretty easy transition then in the morning. You just grabbed your school lunch that you made the night before and headed out. And the, the preparing of most of it together once on the weekend sure made those evening packing of the lunches a lot faster the the muffins were made the carrots were cut the grapes were washed they only had to assemble the school lunches they didn't actually have to make a whole lot of things especially since they weren't making sandwiches or anything like that so if you have a couple weeks before school starts to start practicing making some of this food ahead of time, getting the kids to practice opening up the containers, getting them to start identifying what things they would like, what they want to be taking, what they're willing to be eating. Start getting those things accumulated in your house before school starts. Then the transition to eating those things gets to be a little bit smoother. And I promise you, I think I'll air this episode again, like April, May, because the novelty and the <laughs> the energy that goes into making school lunches, I know it wears off. Like, I love those funny memes where it's like, oh, the beginning of the school year and it has like these fancy bento boxes with the the, the faces made with all the f- fancy cut vegetables and, you know, the the guy with the arms and the legs and the everything and it's just the most perfect looking specimen of um food that you've ever seen and then you compare that to like by the end of june when they're eating a half already eaten fruit roll up and some candy left over from the movie on the weekend and that's school lunch come june i feel that too the novelty does wear off it's the habit that i'm hoping will help when the novelty wears off if you start doing this every week. This is what we do. Assign people certain tasks. You cut carrots, you wash grapes, you know, have a regular occurring school lunch list. Make sure that if you take the last of the pepperoni, put it into any list so everybody knows and we can buy some more. When you start to stack those habits of things over and over, then it makes this a little bit more seamless. And when the novelty wears off, the habits will kick in and help you to power through till the end of the school year. All right. I am going to leave you with that. I hope everybody is gearing up to have a fantastic fall and follow, um, my foodie Friday, if you look at the hashtag what Ainsley eats, a lot of the things that we put into our lunches on a regular basis are there on our foodie Friday. And the hashtag that you can follow is hashtag what eats. If you look there, you will be able to find all the foodie Fridays that we've posted in the last couple of years. And you'll find blender muffins and uh, snickerdoodle recipes and yogurt and my homemade granola and all the things. So I hope you're all going to have a fantastic week and I will see you next week. Thanks for listening to Monday Matters with Holly Cochran. If you haven't already, make sure you subscribe to Monday Matters, leave her a review, and share this episode on your social media. Should you have any questions about what you listened to or want more information, reach out and send her a message at K2 Thriving Motherhood on Instagram and Facebook. She loves hearing from her listeners in response to each one personally. See you next time!